Hello and welcome to Burn FM and Redbrick's coverage of the upcoming Guild elections. In this episode, our team of reporters will be speaking to the candidates running for postgraduate officer. We hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome back to Burn FM and Redbrick's coverage of the Media Day interviews for the upcoming Guild elections. I'm joined by Ben Lockley, who is running for the postgraduate officer. How are you today, Ben? I'm great. Thank you so much uh, to Red Brick and Burn FM for this opportunity to speak to students. No problem. Thank you very much for coming in and, and answering our questions today. So, very, uh, you know, bog-standard question to get us up and running today. What made you choose to run for the postgraduate officer role? Um, well, I've been at Birmingham since 2018 now. Um, I did my undergraduate uh, degree here and I've obviously gone on to become a postgrad master's student also studying politics. And I think while I've been at Birmingham, I've developed a really clear understanding um, of some of the issues that postgraduate students have faced and, of course, the wider student body. Um, you know, from the cost of living and housing for postgrads to addressing the root causes of poor mental health uh, to reviving a postgraduate social experience. There's so many areas uh, which I think the Guild could be making a real difference for postgrads, uh, working with the university, um, liberation groups, student groups and other campaigns. Um, I want to be a really active officer if I'm elected. And um, yeah, I've got a lot of passion, a lot of drive and a lot of policies that I look forward to explaining to people over the coming weeks. Brilliant. So um, what do you think makes your manifesto stand out from the rest? I think the fact that my manifesto is very comprehensive um, is what will make it stand out uh, the most. Um, I've, I've tried to put in some policies, obviously, that will catch people's eye, catch people's attention. Um, but in general, I want to have something that's really implementable um, in, in terms of what can actually progress be made, not just... Um, for two years' time, but next year. Um, and I hope that will make it stand out. Uh, I've also stressed in my manifesto that I, I want to work 24-7 for students. I want to be very accessible. And I want to be an independent voice for postgrads as well. And for any injustices I see going on in campus, I won't be swallowed up into a bureaucracy. I'll always maintain that independent voice and not be scared to speak out when I think something's wrong. Brilliant. So you talk about wanting to be accessible. How do you plan on being available to students 24-7? Well, I think with regular, um, there's already postgrad forums that happen. I want to make those more regular. And I want to also reach out through more, uh, being more WhatsApp groups, more Facebook uh, messenger groups um, for different years and different courses. Just have that kind of hands-on accessibility. I want to have my office um, in, the, in the Guild on the ground floor. I want it to really stress that it's a walk-in policy. I want to stress that I will give my number out to anybody, that I will um, allow anybody to message me on Facebook, as I say, 24-7, and I'll get back to them as soon as possible. Brilliant. Um, so why you? Why should UAB students vote for you over the other candidates for this role? Well, you know, we don't know exactly who's running it for each role, and I want to run a very positive campaign in any sense. So I would never want to um, talk, talk um, negatively about any of the candidates' policies because I'm sure they've all got some great ideas. Um, you know, just some of my key policies to highlight, I want to have um, taster sessions for undergraduate students at UAB who um, want to, uh, are thinking of becoming postgrads, so say you're a, you know, you're, a, you're a philosophy student and you're thinking of doing a, a master's in economics, you'd be able to attend um, in maybe the second term of study or the second semester some economics lectures and seminars um, on a sit-in basis, for example. Um, I want to have policies around reviving the postgraduate um, society so it can be a proper up-and-running academic society with a proper offer of a freshers, a proper offer of a postgraduate ball, for example. Um, there's also stuff I want to do uh, around housing. Um, I want to work through the Tenants Union to have a rate-your-landlord scheme. Um, the, you know, I could 
don't want to take up too much of the time, but I've got such an exhaustive list of policies. Um, and my manifesto will be released at uh, some point next week. Um, it can be found on my Instagram page, uh, Big Ben for Postgrad, and also on my Facebook page of the same name. Brilliant. So um, is there anything in particular that you think that the current postgraduate officer could be doing better? No, I've, I, I, know, I know Danielle. Um, I was happy to vote for her last year. I think she's done a great job. I think this year has been a particularly difficult year for the Guild because they haven't got the funding necessarily that they've wanted. Next year, um, I'm aware there will be more funding um, for stuff that the Guild officers want to do. Um, she's also done a brilliant job of bouncing back from the pandemic. There's a lot of stuff the Guild's had to do in terms of reviving its financial position and also ensuring that um, you know, the, the, the gains made in COVID um, of online learning and accessibility aren't lost. So I think Danielle's done some brilliant work there, but there's obviously a lot more to build on. So, obviously, great answer so far. Um, how do you feel that you, as postgraduate officer, can assist the University of Birmingham's postgraduates in furthering their, their education, but also help for careers after they graduate fully? Well, you sort of touched on, on two key main areas there. There's obviously the welfare side of things. Um, I want to fight to end deadline clumping, not just for postgraduates, but for all students. Um, you know, to end, end those days in some courses where deadlines uh, all rack up on the same day, which has a really negative impact on mental health. Um, I want to work with welfare teams as well to make sure that postgraduates that are newly arrived in Birmingham that haven't necessarily done their undergraduate degree here have a guild guide to how to access your welfare tutors you know, in many cases, it's taking weeks or months for reasonable adjustment plans to get to course leads. That's just unacceptable. Um, the other thing you mentioned, uh, can you just remind me what the second part of the uh, about was? furthering their careers, furthering careers. Yeah, I mean, I think we have a really good um, careers offer here at, at Birmingham. Birmingham does have good employability compared to other universities, but it's obviously always more to do. Um, obviously, we're facing a, a very rough economic situation at the minute, and it's just about helping postgrads. Um, to highlight the fact that they've got a postgraduate degree from the University of Birmingham and work with Careers Network again to create guides on how you actually access their support. Lots of great support here at Birmingham, but sometimes the comms, especially for postgrads in particular, um, are not good enough. Um, just to mention another policy, um, I want to have more Guild-specific postgrad emails, so not just general comms, but a more regular postgrad update from the Guild via email you know, regarding what's out there. Brilliant. So you talk about your manifesto being um, impl implementable. Um, do you think that is that your manifesto is achievable? Absolutely. I mean, there are two parts to any manifesto in an election. There's stuff that you can do, you know, stuff that I can implement immediately, and there's stuff that I'm effectively a lobbying voice for. And I've tried to make sure that I'm really bold on the stuff that I can make a difference on tomorrow, like a postgraduate society, for example. That can be the guild will be doing that tomorrow and putting money into it. Postgraduate grants uh, through the activities committee um, to give societies an incentive to put on postgraduate events, for example, is something I want to do. That can be done tomorrow. Um, but then there's also stuff, you know, like lobbying the university to freeze, um, you know, university-owned accommodations housing. That's something that would be a big lobbying effort. You know, I, I've really stressed it. It's, a, it's something I'm going to lobby for. Can never be an 100% promise. But I believe by working with the university and understanding the university's budget and um, what money is available, it's something that really can be worked on. Postgraduate students are a third of the students here at Birmingham, and a lot of them are international students, and they contribute an awful lot of money. And it's just about making sure that that money um, is being spent on their experience here. Brilliant. So, um, guild officers are, you know, they're frequently criticised, face criticism. Um, 
the sort of this perception that they they don't really do anything. Um, I know that I've heard quite a bit of that recently, especially um, whether or not this is true. Um, how would you aim to change this perception? I think what guild officers um, a lot of there's been a lot of great guild officers over the years that have done amazing things, but then haven't communicated that to students. And um, if you're a student that's been directly helped. Um, for example, the officers this year did some great work on getting exams online, um, you know, during during the winter. And you know, if you're a student that had an, an exam and then suddenly it was moved online, you know, the de your department isn't going to actively tell you that that was the guild officers' intervention and their lobbying, but but it was. And it's just about making sure that those achievements are really championed. Um, as, as I say, there's always more work to do on comms. I think comms is an area the guild could definitely improve on, and uh, there's been some improvements this year. Based, uh, based on a couple of years ago, but obviously there's still is more to do. Um, I, I, I do, you know, refute the idea that guild officers don't do anything. Um, you know, you know, and having known guild officers since about 2019, I know the exhaustive amount of meetings um, and lobbying activity, as well as their trustee responsibilities. It is a really full-time job, and it's often guild officers that are the ones working way into the night after the rest of the staff have gone home. I think that's really something to, to bear in mind when you're thinking about your perception of the of the guild officers. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, how do you think you would perform differently in this role to your to your predecessor if you are elected? How can I perform differently? Well, I think it's just always about having new ideas uh, and new things to talk about. Um, I think I've got a lot of policies that have been implemented at other student unions and other universities that haven't been implemented here. And that's not because you know, it's necessarily anyone's at fault here. It's just that you know those ideas haven't been brought to the fore, and that's what I'm really trying to do in my campaign. So you spoke about um, your your gimmick for your campaign is Big Ben. I assume that's the clock. The related. clock in London. Yeah. 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 Um, how um, do you think that's going to help you in your campaign? Well, I, I've picked that because it's you know a bit of alliteration always helps in a guild campaign. Um, secondly, um, you know I really wanted to stress the fact that I'd be working around the clock, uh, which I know is a bit of a gimmick, but it really just stress that I'd be a really f you know full time. Um, advocate for postgraduate students and constantly working for them. Brilliant. Um, so obviously this role does require you know a, a lot of leadership and, and for you to stand up and, and sort of take control of a lot of situations. So do you have any relevant experience that you think will, will come to your aid during this? Yeah, I mean I, I'm a former chair of um, Birmingham Labour Students, um, which was obviously a very big society with links with students all over the city as well. Um, there's obviously you know, a lot of responsibility there. I've been on multiple guild societies, in fact. Um, my most relevant experience is probably that I was the undergraduate Senate rep um, for two years during my undergrad. And um, during that time, I, you know, every you know, semester, I would have an opportunity to challenge the vice-chancellor and the relevant officers directly. Uh, and I think that gave me really good experience in seeing those confidential documents and seeing what really happens at the university's decision-making level. So I really feel, feel I'd be able to hit the ground running um, when I went into the role, and I think that's really important for anybody running, that they're able to hit the ground running, because we can't afford at the moment as students, when we're getting such a raw deal, um, to, to not have that um, experience from day one. Brilliant. Um, so you said yourself that you studied undergraduate at the University of Birmingham and then went on to go to study a postgrad. Um, what help do you think that you can bring in for undergraduates to sort of bridge that gap, in a sense, to the postgraduate degree? Absolutely. Um, so I've already mentioned uh, my policy around, uh, you know, having some sort of taster um, drop-in um, 
shadowing um, effort in terms of shadowing those master's programmes that they might be interested in. I also think you know, working with the university to ensure that the £1,500 discount for current UOB undergraduates on their courses is maintained, um, and if not enlarged, if we can't do that, I think we have a real benefit as a student community, as a student community, on students that have done their undergraduate at Birmingham staying on here to do their master's um, or even PhD or you know, research degrees here. I think that's a real benefit to the university. Um, sorry, could you just remind me the second part of the question? Um, so it's just about how um, you can help in undergraduates in bridging the gap between yeah. their undergraduate and their postgraduate. I, I mean, it goes without saying that if you're a guild officer, you have your area of responsibility, but you are also there for all students. And I've been an undergraduate here, and I'm very attuned to a lot of the issues they've been facing um, as well. I think making sure you have a good undergraduate experience is the best preparation for a master's degree. So, you know, for example, my policy on deadline clumping would help undergraduates just as much as postgraduates. And if you're in a, in a less stressed environment, you'll perform better in your degree and you're more likely to both enter the postgraduate programme here of your choice and also stay at Birmingham. Um, there's also stuff I want to do around, you know, obviously postgraduate degrees are a bit more uh, unique in that they have a period in the summer when it's you know, the university in Selioq and, and Edgebaston are a lot quieter and I want the Guild to be much more proactive. That should not be seen as a holiday season for the Guild. It should be a period um, of engagement and society should be just as much up and running then as they are throughout the rest of the year. And I think that would really help bridge the gap as well because obviously you know, we want to we tackle um, issues of, of loneliness and poor mental health um, in periods where maybe there's less people about. Brilliant. Um, so just the final question. Um, obviously, there was all the issue for, uh, surrounding the uh, the spiking that took place at the Guild. Obviously, this was applicable to, to all students, whether that be undergraduate or postgraduate. Um, how do you feel the, the Guild dealt with that situation? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really, this is a really important issue. And it's something I, I you know, felt very passionately about at the time. You know, I've, I've been with housemates when they've been spiked before and had to effectively you know, carry them home. And it's a really haunting, haunting experience, um, you know, much more so for, the obviously, the person involved. Um, I think that um, you know, at the time I, I felt very passionately, and I did have conversations with Guild officers, um, that we should be searching every single person that entered FAB. Uh, and I was told that you know, it wasn't doable. I believe it is doable. Um, clubs in Digbeth do it. Many clubs in Broad Street also do it. Um, you know, many clubs in the gay village do it as a routine thing. It's absolutely doable, and we need to be much stronger on this. We need to have CCTV in the guild that is working and is of the correct quality, um, and we need to really clamp down on this issue hard. Um, you know, posters in the toilets are all well and good, and you know, there was some good work done as well about random random searches, but you know, it hasn't cut it. And I think that was demonstrated by you know the three-week period where you know, sports night and fabs from the pictures I saw um, on Fab and Fresh um, were basically deserted because people weren't, weren't feeling safe and were boycotting. Uh, and I was really, you know, proud to be part of that you know, movement of solidarity of the girls' night in. Um, I thought it was a, a, a really great message to um, clubs and student unions that people were very angry. And I think we shouldn't let that you know, movement become a moment. It needs to be continuing. And I sort of actually pledge that's something I'd be really strong on as a guild officer if elected. Brilliant. Uh, so that's all we've got time for today. So thank you very much. So this has been Big Ben. He's looking to work around the clock for you as your postgraduate officer. Thank you very much for coming in today, Thank ben. you so much for the opportunity. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Kitty Grant. Um, you're listening to Burn FM. Uh, we're currently 
interviewing uh, Lakshmi Pillai, who's running for postgraduate officer in the upcoming Guild elections. Um, so I'll just start by asking you, what made you run for postgraduate officer? Oh, that's a great question, actually. <laughs> um, honestly, Kitty, it was uh, just on a whim um, in the moment, but um, I think there's been a lot of decisions leading up to this moment for me personally. Um, I've always sort of run away from positions of power because I do not trust it inherently. Um, but I think as I grow older, I realize that power is an effective way to exercise your agency yeah. uh, over a certain situation. And um, that made me quite keen on um, trying something that I, trying a process that I did not trust before and slowly open up to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm running. <laughs> that's good to hear. So uh, why do you think students should vote for you over any other candidates? Ooh, I'm not sure whether they should vote for me over any other candidate. I'm sure uh, other candidates have incredible policies as well, for sure. But I do believe that I respect vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And um, if there is a particular student, whether they're postgrad or not, I know I'm running for postgrad officer, but uh, I'm someone I think I can empathize with a wide range of people. I'm quite friendly and I'm quite confident. And I make sure that I deal with every problem as efficiently as possible and without victimizing the person who's going through the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think uh, uh, I definitely have um, a certain empathetic strength for sure. Yeah. Is there anything in particular that you think the current postgraduate officer is doing that could be done better? Um, honestly, <laughs> uh, not really, except for perhaps, um, there was this one incident, this is more of a personal incident, where I think that, um, especially the international postgrad students, as they were coming in, many of them had to quarantine, mm -hmm. and to, to go into quarantine, and um, by the time there were a number of postgrad events that were being held during the first few, the first week, no, a number of them weren't able to attend it. Okay. And I thought that was quite a major oversight because I'm sure that a number of the postgrads would love to um, get to know some of the current students a lot better and interact with them. So especially the postgrad mixers, I think that's what they missed out spe specifically. So I thought that was a bit of an oversight, but yeah, it's not a problem that cannot be rectified. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what would you do as postgraduate officer to Im improve postgrads' um, social experience? Um, I think I would organize more postgrad mixers, <laughs> honestly. We don't have enough of those. Um, we have these on um, sporadic Thursdays, and um, I think a more regular event would be uh, more well-received. Yeah. Also, I suppose um, postgrads, I mean, we like to be left alone a lot, honestly. <laughs> uh, so learning how to uh, balance that fine line between um, being as inclusive as possible at the same time, giving someone their space. Um, yeah, so that's quite a tough question, but I suppose I'll work on it a little more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and do you think that your manifesto is realistic and achievable? Um, <laughs> at the moment, my manifesto seems quite vague, so it definitely does seem quite achievable. But I think once you really get into a certain position and you start facing specific problems by the, by the students, um, going through a streamlined process to reach um, a viable solution will probably be challenging. 
So I do think uh, Manifesto is quite uh, realistic in the sense that uh, it has acknowledged that there is going to be a few hurdles, mm -hmm. but it's still willing to move through them. Yeah. Um, do you have any prior leadership experience that would help you in this role? Um, <laughs> I don't know how much it counts, but yeah, I was school prefect, I suppose, and um, a sports captain in school. Okay. But honestly, um, I don't know, these roles were quite questionable because uh, they weren't democratic, the students did not mm -hmm. elect them, it was mostly just teachers getting together and um, selecting a, I don't know, institute-sponsored snitch or something. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those are the only um, position, positions of power. But I've always been, as I said, running away from power from, from that moment onwards, but um, I'm here to embrace it again. Yeah. And do you have any plans to help um, postgraduates with funding? Ooh, um, I haven't looked specifically into that, but if that is a concern that postgraduates have, uh, then I'm willing to give it my all to make sure that um, we do have avenues for funding mm -hmm. as much as possible. Yeah, and will any of your policies affect undergraduates because everyone at the uni votes for postgraduate officers. Absolutely. So is there any reason why undergrads should vote for you? Um, I'm just, I'm gonna make sure that postgrads and undergrads are treated just the same, with the same respect. Um, I'm gonna make sure that all the policies that we uh, decide and we finalize on, I'm make sure it doesn't jeopardize any undergraduate interest or activity. I'm just gonna make sure that um, both um, undergrads and postgrads are on, are on an equal footing. Mm -hmm in every way possible. Yeah. Okay, I think that's um, all my questions. Is there anything else you'd want to mention? Um, no, not really. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> okay, uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Oh, I just quickly, um, before, I just want to shout out my, um, I suppose, slogan, whatever, and it's to embrace power. Don't mm. be afraid of power. That's good. Yeah. Thank you, Lakshmi. Thank you so much, Kitty. Hi, so we're back with more Red Brick Xburn Media Day stuff, doing some interviews with some officers. Um, got a guest here, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name's Alex, I'm running for Postgraduate Officer. Uh, I'm a fourth year, I've been here at Birmingham for all four years of my two degrees that I've done. <laughs> um, so why Postgraduate Officer? I, d I just love being a postgrad and I just want to help the other postgrads that I know like have a better experience here because I know that for a lot of people they find it difficult to like in be integrated in university life and I just want to make it better for them. <laughs> so we didn't receive a manifesto from you beforehand so um, what, what are practical steps you want to need to achieve that and what goals do you want for the end of the year because a year can go quick, it can be quite speedy. Oh, <laughs> I want to increase the amount of opportunities and events that there are for postgraduates to make them feel like they belong here. I also really want to start providing like incentives for postgraduate and school reps, especially, especially research because I know that they've really struggled this year to hire them um, because it's a lot of work for, not, for nothing in return and I want to give them something in return. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you say about opportunities and events, what, what opportunities are these? What, what events can we expect to see if you get elected for this role? I would run socials. I also want to like run workshops to help people who've never been to this uni before just understand how things work. I have a big focus on Welcome Week because that's the first week you're here. You've got to make it good. <laughs> mm. um, so where do you stand out from the other candidates in the race currently? 
Um, I think I stand out because I know this uni really well. I work at Joe's, so I, uh, I've seen a lot of people throughout the years and I've spoken to a lot of people. And I've also been college rep for Les and I love it and people trust me and I think that gives me a bit of a leg up. Um, so now here's one that's not like um, argumentative, but um, where would you improve over the current officer? Do you feel like it's everything's been achieved well currently or...? Um, I think Danielle's doing a really good job. I just would like publish what I've achieved, achieved a bit more, like make it more obvious what I've actually done because I just think she needs to uh, <laughs> show what she's done a bit more because she's very humble and I love that. Mm. Um, and I think there's a criticism year after year when it comes to officers, and I'm sure you've heard it. Officers don't do anything, you know, nothing really changes, nothing ever really happens. How do you deal with that criticism and, like, well, how do you feel about that in general? I just feel like it's just something that people say, like, they just don't see what you're doing because sometimes it's not, it's a bit more subtle compared to, like, like big things that people, like, do. Like, I know Sally Express is a big thing that the officers did a few years ago. And so people obviously knew they did something then, but like little things like helping with the pandemic and stuff like that are not obvious things, but the things that they've been doing. So you just sort of have to ignore ignore it mm. because you know you're doing a good job. Um, do you have any prior leadership experience that can come to this? Because I think obviously every role here is very unique, you know, and postgrad is one as well. It's kind of like all the other roles combined for a specific group. But... Um, Leadership is needed for all of them. So where do you think you can like bring a skill set to that and where have you had experience for that? Um, well, I'm a senior assistant at Joe's, which is kind of like a supervisor, so I lead the team there a lot. I've also been on a couple of society committees. I was the Geology Society Social Sec, same with Social Introverts Social Sec last year. <coughs> so I think, yeah, I've had chances to lead teams. It's been good. <laughs> I think another issue that I feel like I never see that a post-grad officer deal with is um, kind of like this idea of panic masters. You know, year after year, people just like don't really know what they're doing and just go, I'm doing a masters, I'm going for that. And how do you feel about the concept of panic masters first? Like, do you think they're actually good for the uni? I think they are good for the uni and it's a good chance for people to like expand on their knowledge and like get a further qualification. But I do think that people choose a lot of panic masters not really knowing about the course. So I just want to like emphasize people researching the course and knowing everything they can about it before they make a decision. Do you think the uni does a good job of making that clear? <laughs> no, I, I want them to, like, yeah, tell people about the hidden course costs and the commitment because they, they're really not good at, like, uh, publishing that information. What do you think is a practical step you can take to get the uni to change that? Or what do you think they can do differently than what they're doing now in order to achieve I that? I think they should, like publish it on the pages where they like on the website on the course like descriptions and also make it known on open days as well mm. um, I think as well that kind of links to another, the next question I've got for you is that as a final year student I don't feel like there's been a lot from the uni about talking about postgrads and that has for me I'm looking at postgrads elsewhere now because nothing's been done to I feel like advertised to me as such and obviously a postgrad officer deals with a lot of postgrad issues but also final years will potentially become postgrads afterwards. So do you think there's much can be done for yeah. that? Yeah, I think they need to advertise open days a bit more, advertise the opportunities. I don't know yet if they're running the uh, money off for returning students next year, because uh, I know they are quite late. But that's a really <coughs> big incentive to carry on at Birmingham and 
they just need to make sure people are aware of it. Do you think it's big enough? I think um, this might be wrong. Here. I think it's about fifteen hundred. It's I've got fifteen hundred. Yeah. On. So do you do you think that's big enough? Do you think that realistically matters when you're already in debt, potentially up to fifty grand? I well because the master's loan is a set one. You do have to have some money saved up to do a master's. I will admit that. And I think they could do a little bit more to like help out students, especially ones who are choosing to stay. I think they could possibly make it bigger, but it's whether or not that's practical. Where, in a very like key way, do you think the guild or the university fails postgrads? Um, they fail them by making them feel really excluded from the rest of the student body. That's my main thing. <laughs> and and as a member of society like Burnfm, um, I can't think of many. I could probably count them on one hand the postgrad members we have at the society. Um, what can you reasonably do to actually? achieve more postgrads taking part in a lot of things or is it a different record? I just think or? it's making sure that they know that their their societies are there for them and like there's availability like on like committee positions especially for postgrads and that even if they're only here for a year they can still get involved and they can still make a difference and especially like PhD students as well who are here a little bit longer I think there needs to be an emphasis on them like uh, <coughs> yeah an emphasis on them being able to join these things because they feel like they're too old and they're not like any age can join any society. Um, I think on like a bit of a final note, is there anything you want to just like get out, just say it just before we end the interview, anything like a final piece you want to make? Um, <laughs> yeah, I just think the uni needs more transparency and they also need to highlight the opportunities for postgrads and I want to achieve that. Well, thank you for coming along. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the interview. And we'll everyone listen to next, another interview after this, because there will be many more to come. Um, so, bye. <laughs> so, hiya. We're back with the Burn and Red Brick Media Day um, interviewing candidates. And do you want to introduce yourself for me? Yes. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Salasu williams I'm from Nigeria. I'm currently an international student doing my master's program in international development, also a student for my department. And we're here doing a postgraduate interview right now. Um, so do you want to tell me first off why postgraduate? Yes, so um, I, I'm i contesting for the role of a postgraduate officer because, I mean, postgraduate students have over time been left out in terms of programs, um, also in terms of ensuring that their voices and their needs and interests have been heard at the school level, so I plan to be able to bridge that gap. So why do you stand out from the other candidates in this, in this race? Okay, so I'll say one, the fact that I'm an international student mm. as well as a postgraduate student, and I currently serve as a student rep, which has enabled me to interface with a lot of postgraduate students as myself. It has enabled me to identify some of the pressing issues that we have, so I'm not just speaking out of things that I might have heard or read somewhere, but I'm talking about my own personal experiences and also experiences of my fellow students, which I also have spoken to. Um, and so it puts me in a better position to be able to address some of those pressing um, needs and challenges. Um, so where would you think you'd improve over the current officer for this role? Yeah, so for me, um, there are three major things that I've said a lot of postgraduate students like myself are struggling with. The first being in terms of information. So I know that the school has quite a lot of resources for postgraduate students, but a lot of postgraduate students do not have this information for them to capitalize on. And so I plan to bridge that gap by ensuring that postgraduate students have easy access to postgraduate tailored information. And I plan on doing this by leveraging on one, the social media platform, um, which the private officer rule has, to having a dedicated newsletter for postgraduate 
specific information, as well as working with the student reps like myself at the postgraduate department level. Perfect. So when it comes to what you're talking, when we're talking about the things you want to do, that kind of links, I think, quite well, well to my next questions. There's, there's a criticism year after year about how guild officers don't do anything. You know, what are they really doing? Like, nothing ever seems to change, all that kind of stuff. So how do you think you'd answer that criticism that, like, officers just do nothing? Uh, I would say that officers don't just do nothing. I can understand that it can be quite a lot of things to do because as well as you being an officer, you're also a student who also has some of, you know, your own personal students. I mean, things to take care of, just like every other student. Um, what I would just simply say is that um, there's kind of like being kind of like a gap between the pool, you know, like the officers that's in the guild and the students for which they are serving. And for me, I believe that, you know, one of the things I also plan on doing is bridging that gap such that students have easy access to who their officers are. Because if I don't know who my officers are, then I don't even know how to, like, engage them in the issues or the challenges that I might have. Um, and then I think the second thing, again, would be in terms of... Um, making sure that the programs and you know event, interventions that are being carried out are student-led. So it's not coming from you know the top, but it's coming from the students themselves. So promoting more interactive engagement so that the students themselves decide and determine what the interventions are. If they're carried along from the beginning, from the planning phase, there's a better appreciation you know, for the guild officers and what they're doing. When it comes to being a guild officer, one, whilst they are unique roles, all of them, I think one thing that's needed for all of them is a, a good leadership quality. So yes. do you have any experience that, that would lend to that quite well? Yes. So um, prior to coming for my master's program, um, I, I'm currently studying international development. Mm -hmm. So I've, um, I've been working in the development sector for the past seven to eight years. I currently have my own non-governmental organization back home in Nigeria called the Sustainable Impacts and Development Initiative, which works to provide mm -hmm. sexual reproductive health information as well as um, survival um, skills to survivors of gender-based violence back home in Nigeria. And so it has enabled me like acquire leadership experiences. I have a team I work with back home. Um, I've also been able to work with teams. I've been able to design programs that have been successful. And I plan on bringing some of the skill sets that I've developed over time towards my role. So before you came today, we received a, a manifesto from you. Yes. And you had your four key points, which is dissemination of information, professional skills and development, social events and networking, and well-being. Yes. Um, do you think those are actually manageable and feasible goals for one year? Because one year can go quite quick. True. Yeah, so I I understand that one year could actually be a very short period to get all of these things done. But one of the things I plan on doing is I plan on working with the other team members. Um, so, for example, the international officer, I was opportune to have like opportunity to have like conversations with some of the aspirants for the international officer's role, and I can see that some of the things that I want to do and some of the things they want to do kind of like aligns in terms of information dissemination. For example, strengthening the capacity of the student reps at department level. And so, one of the things I want to just simply do is look at where our interests yeah. align, where our goals align, and just see how we can work together to make sure all of these things are met. Perfect, and I think. Another thing that happens quite often, like year after year, is the, the idea of panic masters, you know, people in their final years not knowing, not knowing what they're going to do. I noticed that what I didn't see much about final years who are going to maybe look into towards postgrad work or postgrad study. Um, do you think there's anything you do for that? Like maybe make things easier for final years in any way or make um, something for, for them to, to look at postgrads more? Yes. So I, I believe strongly that... Um, by making the postgraduate program more visible, 
it would also enable final year students who are also aspiring to go for their postgraduate masters see reasons and you know why they should actually pursue their postgraduate studies in University of Birmingham. So I believe that by making sure that the program program seems like something that is extremely beneficial to them, and also in terms of having knowledge sharing sessions with final graduates who will be coming to make inquiries about the school, about the postgraduate program, it will kind of like make them you know, feel like this is a school they want to actually pursue their, their master's program. So I believe that um, ensuring that the postgraduate program is a program that, you know, people recognize, people know about, um, they see the benefits and some of the things that they start to gain by doing their postgraduate program in Birmingham, definitely the final year students would see reasons why they should pursue their program here. What do you think you can do practically in order to achieve that goal, in order to make it seem more like that, more like how I assume you already feel that it is a very great place to go for postgrad yeah. courses? So what are the practical steps to get to that? Yeah, so for me, one is to have knowledge sharing sessions. So I believe that having postgraduate students who are currently here, sharing their own experiences with students who are you know, aspiring for their postgraduate program definitely would help. I think another thing I'm also planning to do is to kind of like put the spotlight on postgraduate students who are currently in Birmingham doing amazing work. Um, I feel that a lot of times um, we don't usually like put postgraduate students out there. They're not recognized for the amazing work that they're doing. And these are like the ambassadors of the school and the postgraduate program. And then just making sure that they're out there and they're being heard and people are seeing the amazing things that they're doing would definitely also contribute to that. Um, one thing I really noticed on your uh, manifesto under the wellbeing section was community-based support. I kind of wanted to explore that a bit more. What does that actually mean to you? Yeah, so community-based support basically just means that, you know, University of Birmingham is a very diverse community. We have people from different races, different ethnic groups. Um, and so for me, I just want to be able to establish community-based support groups whereby these different communities are able to come together, share their experiences together, what their challenges are, and provide solutions together. Because I believe that because we're diverse, because our, you know, our needs are kind of different, Definitely, our solutions should also be different. It can't be one tailored solution to everybody's problems and everybody's challenges. Um, I think on one final note, before we end this, um, is there anything else you want to add, like maybe a quick, flashy, anything you want to put at the end of that? Yeah, so I think basically, I just want to say that, you know, the postgraduate officer is, n is not, you know, possible without the postgraduate students. I mean, there's no postgraduate officer without postgraduate students. The postgraduate students make the postgraduate officer. And I believe that, you know, um, by postgraduate students coming out to, like, vote, and making sure that I get selected, <laughs> yes, um, we'll be able to work together. So that for me, that's like really one thing I want to do, bridge that gap. So it's not the project officer doing our thing, but it's about project officer working with project students to ensure that the project program is actually recognized for what it is. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for coming along. Thank um, you so much for having me. We'll see what happens in the elections. Sure, definitely. <laughs>